It's October, and I can't think of a better time to start off the second podcast series brought to you by the Unmastered Team. This series is called Creepsville, and it's going to be hosted by myself, Connie. I'm actually the second half of the Unmastered Team. Creepsville is a horror anthology podcast. Every other week, we'll be bringing you different stories that comes from the deep and dark recesses of our minds and anybody else that wants to contribute to the movement. It's all about horror. It's all about those creepy things in the night that make those noises that just won't let you sleep. So we also have some other projects that are in the works. We're um, currently working on our re-release of our second edition of the Unmastered magazine. So be on the lookout for that. We'll often send you updates of our progress on this project, the podcast, and any other things that we're working on. On any of our social outlets, you can check us out on Facebook at The Unmastered. Same handle for Instagram, The Unmastered, and our website, theunmastered.com. If you have any suggestions, any comments, or maybe even uh, would like to submit some of your own content to The Unmastered Movement, you know, feel free to reach out to us too info at the unmastered.com so lots of ways to reach us we always respond so and we're always open to take in new contributions so never hesitate to be a integral part of the unmastered movement because that's what we're all about without further ado i'm gonna bring you our first episode of creepsville and this week i'm actually starting out with a story that was written from an odd concept, um, but it just kind of grew into something a little bit dark. So the name of this one is The Blue Egg. It's late and the light from the TV flashes over my face. I keep tossing and turning in an attempt to finally get to sleep. I settled on my right side, facing away from the flashing of the late show on the screen behind me. I heard the band playing in the background. I then begin to find a steady breath and I slip into slumber. Until I feel heat on the back of my neck. It feels as though something is blowing on my neck and I can feel the hair moving with each inhale and exhale. Now, I hear labor breathing as it moves over my ears, sounding like an inaudible whisper. I attempt to open my eyes, but can only manage to open them halfway. I try to turn my head to see what's going on, but my body is completely immobile. Oh shit, not another night terror, fuck my life, I say to myself. I felt the sensation moving over my body like a set of hands hovering over my skin. It sent goosebumps up my thighs. I tried to roll over and realized my hands and legs were frozen. Now my eyes are moving around wildly, attempting to grasp on what my eyes can catch, focusing on any movements that may happen. The muscles in my neck tighten as I try to free myself from this catatonic state. Deep breaths on the back of my neck from its long nose begins to move in the same direction as those weird caresses. At this point, panic is starting to take over as my mind races. It feels like my heart is about to leap out from my chest. I shudder as I then feel a tongue begin to trace up and down my spine. 
I look in the mirror mounted on the dresser that's directly across from my eye shot. I can see a tall, dark figure hunched over behind me. Its lanky frame stood at least eight feet tall in comparison to my headboard. In the haze, it appears to have rags hanging from its gangly arms. I can feel the ragged cloth on my body as it traces my skin with its long and sharp fingernails. <sighs> now my breath is getting faster and faster. And then I feel a small hand begin to slap me on my back. My mind is going a hundred miles a minute and I can see my eyes begin to widen and I finally turn to look. I breathe a huge sigh of relief when I see it's my daughter Casey. She's wiping the sleep from her eyes and she says, Mommy, I can't sleep. I rub her face, relieved that it was just a night terror and not the horrible things that I had actually imagined. I ask Casey, what's wrong, Precious? She replies, Mommy, I can't sleep. I need my blue egg and I can't find it anywhere. I ask, well, where's the last place you had it? Well, Casey replied, first we watch TV. Then we brushed my teeth, we put on jammies, and then we were sleeping in the bed. But when I woke up, my blue egg was gone. I have to find it, Mommy. You have to help. And I just sit there and smiled, and I replied, well, baby, if it's that serious, then of course I'll help you find it, my love. So Casey and I shuffle out the room, head to the hall, and we cut on the light. We look down the hall for any sign of an egg. No luck. I reached the bathroom and cut on the light. No blue egg to be found. We then make it to Casey's room. I open the door wide to give us some additional light aside from the little side lamp that Casey refuses to shut off. We begin to look in the blankets, on the bed. I dip down to look under the bed too. I looked around the dresser, the nightstand maybe because it could have fell behind that. Then uh, I kind of feel myself get this confused look on my face. And I asked Casey, Casey, where did you get a blue egg from anyway? I know the Easter decorations are in the closet with the rest of the holiday things. Did you get it from school? No, mommy. Tengu gave me the blue egg. I paused for a second. Casey, what have I said about making things up? There's no one named Tengu, and you have to use real names. And what have I told you about talking to strangers too? Now, where did this blue egg come from? As I ask the question, the blue egg begins to roll out from the dark corner of her room. It rolls slowly on its side, and then it stops and begins to stand up erect. I can feel my body begin to freeze again, just as it was in my bed. I start to wonder if I'm still in my dream. Casey walks over to the egg standing up, and she smiles and says, Thank you, Tengu. My body is stuck and all I can do is watch in horror as Casey walks into that dark corner where the egg rolled from. I can't scream or move a muscle. All I can do is let out gasp of air as I fall to the floor. Casey's outline is consumed with the darkness as she goes further into that corner. As soon as Casey is no longer visible, the bedroom door slams shut with a loud bang. I'm frozen again. This time, I'm on my back on the floor. I can feel the heavy breathing from the Tengu creeping up on my neck this time. I can't believe what I'm actually seeing with my eyes. What I thought were rags earlier were actually long, spiny feathers. 
I can feel them brushing across my face as the Tengu drags its long nose all over my body. It sniffs my face and then it drags its tongue across it. He then grabs my limp body and begins to flap its massive wings. It then smashes out the window in Casey's room with me clutched in his claws. I'm screaming at this point as the creature gains so much more altitude. I'm screaming and screaming as I can see my house get smaller and smaller at this height. At this moment, I see Casey's face flash right before my eyes and tears start to stream down my face. Then, the Tengu actually lets out a horrendously loud screech and it releases me from its claws. It releases me and I feel like I fell forever. And then my body hits the ground with this bone crushing thud. Soon as I feel it hit the ground, I jump out from my bed and I wake up. What a horrible dream.